Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What good text on this topic that we've been on now for uh, about a half an hour. Regarding the Nazi flag again, the woke brown shirts are acting like Muslim fundamentalists of cartoons of Muhammad. They are. It's it's like it's very similar. The sort of people that we think are crazies, like the Muslim fundamentalists that will kill you for having a picture of Muhammad, or the brown shirts that would come in and anything that doesn't fit in with our what we believe, we're going to mm-hmm. beat you down. Right. It's all yeah. Your your example there at the end to her, which I think was probably lost on her, is that what you guys are doing or what the wokists are doing is. Got a lot of lot lot in common with what Nazi Germany was all about. Yeah, remarkable similarity. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, that was uh, crazy. Oh my God! Writes Kevin from Placerville. Top five show of the year. Amazing. Well, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm more concerned about the state of the world than the quality of the show. Oh yeah, at least no, in terms no, of no. what we were discussing. No, that was a good segment of radio. But I'm yeah, I would I would. Uh, trade that good segment of radio for an average segment of radio if this weren't happening in the world. Right. I would trade that right now. I mean, because that's just nuts. God, I'll tell you what. I never wanted to be a guy with a kid in a private school for a couple of different reasons, one being the cost. <clears throat> um, and uh, you pay taxes and all that and everything. But if, 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 a, if a public school can't teach about <laughs> The biggest conflict in world history. Right. If they dare use visual aids, because clearly that is somehow, well, it just, somebody got triggered by it. Too bad. That's reality. You're here to learn. Sit down. That That is perfectly appropriate. Uh, go ahead, you know, and for folks just tuning in, let's go ahead and play cut 50 there, Sean. So mm-hmm. why didn't somebody just explain to the student, look, it's for teaching World War II... Specifically, or, or, propaganda and symbolism. The sim- propaganda and symbolism, which is legitimate, and then the te- then, and then that's it. Why you know, was it, Why it, was it, the teacher suspended? It, it could have been a conversation, but the, uh, once they did hear from one student, they did hear from others, and then had consent. How many total? Oh. We understand it's two. Yeah, you know, I don't. I, I, the investigation is ongoing, which is why the the teacher involved is currently on administrative. But the investigation of what? The investigation into if the flags were used before, in what context, if they were used before. Well, why didn't you uh, just ask the teacher? I mean, that would take literally 90 seconds yeah, it seems at like, most. seems like this all could be solved in five minutes. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we have to go through our processes and making sure that we look at timelines, talk with site administration that may have had conversations with the teacher in the past. So it does take time to gather those details and also talk with students about the impact that it had on them. Of seeing it doesn't it matter the what the impact was on the students. That doesn't matter. They're children. The answer is they're teaching a class about World War II. Now go back to your class. Well, that's, I like, that's it. I like the argument. We need to see if he's done this in previous years. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with how the whole teaching thing works. You teach the same freaking thing every year. <laughs> and if he had taught World War II previous, is that good or bad? I don't understand. Well, there's clearly a pattern yeah, of I, teaching about World War II. The way I read it is, yeah, it would be established. He's done this in years past where he brings out a Nazi flag. He's clearly got something about a Nazi flag. He's got something about World War II because he teaches it. Yes, Sean, you look like you're chomping. Uh, uh, I feel like the biggest disconnect between 
her team and the the people who who push against it is the kind of the, the summary there. You said it doesn't matter what happens to them, their kids. They would probably that would be their biggest disagreement with where your perspective is coming from. Jonah Goldberg's piece that I shared with you a couple of days ago um, about the uh, the Radio Lab segment where they were uh, recreating the great uh, John Feynman. Is that the name of the uh, the physicist who said if you could pass on uh, all of your knowledge from your field in one sentence to a future civilization that rises from the ashes of this one? Um, and they asked a bunch of experts, and Jonas was so excited because he thought, oh, my gosh, we're going to hear from all sorts of people from, from science, from the clergy, you know, just all sorts of industry. What would you pass on to still it? And what it mostly was was a bunch of crap about feelings. It was just greeting card bull crap. And I think what we're seeing here, it's, it's a manifestation of the worshipfulness of feelings as the only thing that matters. Not achievement, not technology, not penicillin, not roadways, not splitting the atom. The only thing that matters is your feelings. And no matter how stupid and indefensible your feelings are, if you wail lo- loudly enough and cry bitter enough tears, the world will come to a stop and kneel before you and beg for forgiveness. I think you're right, Sean, that they would disagree with me on that, and they would try to turn what I said into a blanket statement. But, yeah. you know, there are, there are different things. There are things that, uh, you know, if the kids are upset about this, well, yeah, I should pay attention to that. But if they're if they're bothered by learning history, we need to sit down and talk and have a, you know, a good conversation about why y- this is important to learn. No, the, I, I, it's, I, it's critical. The whole point is confronting the ugliness of, the, of mankind. I think it was better. Like when I was in high school, nobody asked me how I felt. <laughs> no kidding. Bored and wishing I could get a girl to touch me. That's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's funny. I, re- I remember. Um, I don't that... feel like doing this homework. Tough. Do it. Yeah, that, no that, kidding. That was the that was the interaction. I don't feel like memorizing state capitals is going to help me in any way in my life. Sit Trigonometry down. is trigging and triggering me. Hey, Gladys, <laughs> could you hit the harp? Thank you, Gladys. World War One veteran, so she knows all about World War Two. Oh, trust me. Um, I remember eighth grade and uh, seventh grade. Seventh grade, and apparently uh, you don't remember it that <laughs> uh, well. I do remember Mr. Which grade? Mr. Moxness, my seventh grade biology teacher. I still remember. He was also the wrestling coach. Um, and we got into like some sex stuff with like biology and everything like that. And he said, and I remember he walked around. This is when you knew he was serious. He would walk around to the front of his desk and kind of sit on his desk and cross his arms. And that's when mm. you know you're about to get a serious talk. He was the first teacher I ever heard say, damn or hell. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, he, he'd get mad. He said, now, we're about to start talking about some things that are going to make some of you giggle or uncomfortable. And I want to tell you that these are adult issues. These are scientific issues. These are things you need to learn about. We're gonna we're gonna talk about sperm. We're gonna talk about and then he went through all these things and I thought, well, this is really interesting, and he's being so serious about it. Um but basically what he was saying is, you know, grow up. We're gonna learn some things here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, let's move into the world of education and you're being a little older now and starting to understand things. 
Right, and some of it's going to challenge you. And, you know, you can translate that forward, because that's way back in the 70s, to all kinds of sex education stuff that I'm not comfortable about, that I wish they wouldn't be telling little kids about. And the Mm -hmm. people on the left are always, no, kids need to learn about, you know, bisexual and dildos and all kinds of things. They need to learn these things in class. It's important as a fourth grader to learn these things. The left is always pushing that. Right. You know, well, they need to learn how to handle it. Stuff that I wish my kid wasn't going to hear. But now you're getting to just straight-up history. And again, the biggest story in the history of the world is World War II. So it's not, you know, like some fringe story. Then all of a sudden the left is uncomfortable with uh, kids. Kids, uh, what if if the child is... uh... What if one child is uncomfortable having passed by in the hallway and seen one of the visual aids? He is like a little baby. I'm so- That's your standard? I'm sorry, you know- Raj Rai. It was nice of you to come on our, on our show. You're in an indefensible position. Maybe you're just trying to keep your job. I don't know. You know, and it's funny. You should play that clip of Trump right there. Uh, not that I want Trump to be part of this uh, discussion. I don't. But uh, I was just going to say, and your description of the, your experience in class was a good one, Jack, because to say to students whether you know actually say it or just introduce things to challenge them that is a compliment to them that is saying you are ready for this you can handle this intellectually i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some stuff that's good and chewy but you're ready for it that is a compliment and the way that that school district is handling this bizarre and idiotic episode infantilizes the children it tells them if for any reason no matter how indefensible neurotic or stupid you are the least bit upset. We will just stop everything because you can't be challenged in the least. You might fall to pieces. That's a profoundly insulting thing to say to high schoolers. And yet that is the culture. I mean, and listen, I don't I don't want to sound like bitter old conservative guy because I'm really I'm, I'm not bitter. I'm middle-aged, and I'm pretty concerned. I guarantee you, Bill Maher, Sam Harris, Matt Taibbi, you got them in this room right now, they'd feel exactly the same as us on this particular subject. Okay, well, I was going to say, but until very, very recently, kids of high school age or just a teeny bit older were toting rifles. They were starting families. They were starting careers. They were building their country, wherever it is around the world. They were absolutely wrestling successfully with adulthood. And the idea that we're now turning 17-year-olds into infants who just, they're just, they're beyond hothouse flowers. They're, they're snowflakes. It's, it's very, not very stupid healthy. babies. It's not healthy. I'll be interested to see if this guy keeps his job. I'd say his chances are not good. If it gets national attention, and like Sean said, you got a certain segment of the troll world that's just going to go after him just because they love the power of trying to run somebody right. out of their job. Uh, you know, it's funny, and I've never wanted to end anybody's career. I'm trying to think, how could we push this this to the point where it has to be discussed openly, publicly, and at a high level? What can we do? And and I don't want to go again. I don't want to go after this principal's job uh, because I hate that sort of tactic. Um but this uh, this sort of text, test case can't be let go away quietly. We got some interesting texts, including somebody who works at Hewlett Packard, um, and uh, what their uh, company guidelines are around feelings. They'll give you an idea of where we are right oh now as boy. a society. It's oh wild. Boy. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. This strikes us as anti-intellectual, nearly superstitious kowtowing to the overreaction of children. That's no way for an institutional learning to act. Right. What we're, we're coming from is there is a way to be teaching these very important topics and history lessons to students without prominently displaying a symbol. With, of you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> so what I went on to say there about a half an hour ago when we were talking to a school representative is you wouldn't want to have the best example in the history of the world of propaganda and symbolism in the classroom to study propaganda and symbolism. She was trying to make the argument that this teacher should not have had a Nazi flag in the classroom to talk about symbolism, and that's why the teacher has been suspended, because well, for student, an investigation. Ask student and maybe one more complained and felt uncomfortable about it. we got a number of texts about this. Um, this argument is always a good one. If our kids are old enough to have a legal abortion without their parents knowing, you should, you'd think they'd be old enough to see a Nazi symbol with some explanations about it. <laughs> uh, well said, my friend. Uh, in 1981, we had our teacher's father come into class to explain his experiences in World War II as a Hitler youth soldier. No one felt triggered. Boy, how fascinating would that be? Oh, my I assume from the angle of, you know, this is what we all thought. We didn't know any better. This is, mm-hmm. you know. This really is what we were told, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a great text. Students need to learn that what happened in the land of Beethoven and Goth can happen anywhere, and that we need to understand why it happened in order to prevent it. Great point. Schools today are kindergarten, which is a funny expression since kindergarten is a German term. Uh, but yeah. Schools today are kindergarten until the end of high school. Wow. Apparently is the case. A couple emails. Randy writes, I cannot believe the story you guys had about the teacher and the Nazi flag, and the call with the woman rep from the school at the end of the hour was troubling, to say the least. What do these kids think is going to happen in the real world when they're faced with something that makes them uncomfortable? Do we have any more clips of the uh, the chat uh, ready? You wouldn't want to use the most successful piece of propaganda in the history of the planet to teach about propaganda, obviously. Right. There are other ways of going about it. There's other ways of, uh, you know, sh- sharing history without having the flag in the classroom, making students feel uncomfortable. Interestingly enough, there are real parallels between this policy and the policies of Nazi Germany. There are. There the, really are. The, hey, we, uh, we appreciate. So, I, I think she appreciated you. Uh, she she thought that as you guys had some common ground there. Yeah. My sarcasm was not thick enough, apparently. So she just took it as I agree. Yeah. You wouldn't want to use the most popular piece of propaganda in history to teach it. That would be bad. I agree with you. Right. <laughs> and you know, you know what just dawned on me? It was funny because that answer came at the very end was she pronounced or she announced that um, that the use of the flag was a bad thing. She said there are other ways to do it yeah. that would not hurt people's feelings. So wait a minute. You haven't even done your investigation. So you have preemptively concluded that the use of Nazi symbolism in a class about Nazi symbolism is improper. I wish I would have thought of Sean's question of if we had a slide and we showed it up on the screen. Or it was in a book. Or it was in a book. Would that be okay? But no, one kid walked by and said, oh, a swastika, a swastika, that must be a stormtrooper in there or something. That, so then you can't teach that way. You know what, Jack? This is a, this is, and I hate to lighten the, the mood at all because this is such a brutally important and scary topic, this sort of anti-intellectual, uh, terrorism. Um, long time ago, we came up with this principle that if you look over your back fence, <laughs> 
And 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 I just when I was thinking this originally, I came up with the craziest thing I could to make the point. If you look over your back fence and your neighbor is eating your dog's crap, is a sick enough. There's no point in saying to him, "Hey, Steve, you shouldn't eat your dog's <laughs> crap," because the very act of doing that shows right. that they probably sure. can't be reasoned with. And that is why this is so scary. That woman's point of view and the things she was saying made it self-evident that she couldn't be reasoned with or, and that yeah. the people behind that policy more importantly i don't know if they can be reasoned with because they're so superstitious and they become cultists in this cult of of emotion feelings and being triggered so how is your neighbor steve by the way did he get past that period or is he still eh, it's touch and go he has good days you know <laughs> uh so we got this text i thought this was interesting I'm a career employee at Hewlett Packard. We have been working under HR rules of, and this is a quote from the uh, HR guidelines, it doesn't matter what you meant and what the person you said it to thought you meant. It only matters what any possible bystander might think of what you said. That is a bizarre and unworkable standard, Hewlett-Packard. And and this Hewlett-Packard employee said, by the way, we don't talk much at work. (laughs) That explains a lot of, you know, when you try to engage with people in in corporate settings now and they just stare at you blankly? These policies are way more common than you think. Yeah. And everybody's terrified. Yeah. Nice nice way to run a culture. (laughs) Uh, Any more comments uh, from the text line? 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You wouldn't want to use the most successful piece of propaganda in the history of the planet to teach about propaganda, obviously. Right. There are other ways of going about it. There's other ways of, uh, you know, sharing history. So Sean and I are really enjoying the fact that my sarcasm, she just rolled with it as if I had stated it. So I got a need to I need to remember in the future when I'm talking to somebody like that to not do my sarcasm routine because they'll just say, thanks for making my point. Excellent point. Let me build on that. (laughs) That was as sarcastic as it gets. That was funny. So if you're just joining us, there's a school. It appears that a teacher who teaches symbolism and propaganda was using the Nazi flag as an example. Pretty good example. Uh, Nazi Germany. But one student walking by in the hallway saw the Nazi flag in the classroom and got upset about it. And then um, perhaps we're not even we haven't even nailed this down yet. Perhaps another student in the class was upset about it. Or, you know, student one said to student two, can you believe that? And they said, you're so right. Instead of just saying to the students, well, Nazi flag is one of the most important pieces of propaganda in the history of the world. So that's what we're using it as an example. And, you know, so settle down. Yeah, uh, we're no. teaching about Nazi Germany. They, they suspended the teacher. And then what does it actually say in the letter, Sean? Because you found the letter that they sent it out. They called it a... Uh, an in, uh, a hate incident. Please see the attached letter uh, in, uh, regarding a hate incident that happened on our school. A hate incident. Teaching history is now a hate incident. This is specifically Rio Americano High School in Sacramento, California. So I appreciate that woman, the spokesman, coming on the radio. I, uh, I, I think one of the reasons she she didn't apparently, according to Hanson, she didn't know about our show, which you know is a little bit hurtful. She lives in our neighborhood and she didn't know about our show. But anyway, well, friggin' um, number one, 
I oh, think well. she thought, because every view I'm looking into that for local news, um, they took their statements and just repeated them with no pushback from their anchors whatsoever. So I would imagine she was expecting the same routine from us. She just states this was a hate incident. We're investigating it, and we go along with it. It's just tragic. These kids had to see this horrible flag because that's the way every news organization locally is treating it. So why wouldn't she walk into what turned out to be the lion's den on this issue? Nobody dares confront this stuff. No, well, or, yeah. or like Joe Biden, they just don't know what it is. Yeah, I didn't even finish making my point. Because, you know, ABC, CBS, Fox, the Sacramento Bee, they're all afraid that if they push back on this, they'll have the woke-tivists coming after them. If they would say, well, isn't it appropriate to use a Nazi flag to teach about World War II? Isn't that okay? I mean, if they push back on it, they'll get killed. So they're just going to go along with it. And or they secretly, they either agree with the woke superstition or they're just kind of uncomfortable because they, they want to be progressive and forward thinking. They don't quite understand it, but they're going to keep their mouths shut. I think there is some percentage of it that a lot of newsrooms are filled with young people who aren't grizzled reporters who aren't used to pushing back against press releases. Right, and, and yeah. you know, and they're probably overworked and understaffed and, and steeped in this stuff anyway. Well, so, if, I so. was, if I was a 23-year-old fresh out of college and I was talking to her, I wouldn't have had the spine to, like, push back on her. Probably not. It's not what yeah. I'm told to do. You know, it was funny. It, it, it popped into my head during the commercial break, the, uh, the legendary episode of The Twilight Zone. Um... The, the title of which I looked up, It's a Good Life. It's a story about a monster that terrorizes uh, a, a town, specifically a family. It keeps them in constant fear of their lives because the monster is so capricious and the monster is so vicious when it wants to be. And the line Rod Serling says is, uh, oh, yes, I did forget something, didn't I? I forgot to introduce you to the monster. This is the monster. His name is Anthony Fremont. He's six years old with a cute little boy face and blue guileless eyes. The point being, children are so capricious and, and can be so quick to anger and cruelty and the rest of it, they're not in charge. You can't have them in charge. The idea that one child expresses their peak at seeing something they don't like and the high school comes to a stop as the result of that, is is bizarre and ill-advised, to say the least. Let's play one more clip from our brief interview with this woman, and then if you want to hear the whole thing, go to armstrongandgetty.com. It was hour three. Yeah, you know, um, the issue that we have here is we have several students concerned about the flags being in the classroom, one of them featuring a swastika, and at least one of those students was a passerby, so they didn't know the context of the flag being there. So why didn't somebody just tell them what the context was? And this would be over. It's how the student felt uncomfortable, um, you know, not seeing a symbol of hate on their school campus. Oh, my God. I can't. ah, ah. I We're teaching read. a class about the symbols of a hateful regime. I was uncomfortable every moment I was in high school. <laughs> Me too, actually. Me too. Every Me too. single <laughs> moment. 
On the uh, basketball tryouts, football practices, drama rehearsals. On the bus on the way there, on the bus on the way home. Lunch time in between <laughs> classes. The entirety of my high school existence was that of discomfort. You know, I think this is two or three overlocking pathologies, but one of them is absolutely the the worshipfulness, is it? Of the the worship of the the uh, being ruled by the feelings of children, whether they're high schoolers or college kids. Yeah, well, we are we are putting out there that um, seeing a symbol of you know, well, it, it's a, it's an actual slogan. You know, uh, words or violence is a slogan, right? And words are violence, so symbols are violence. So they feel like something violent has happened, even if it's being used in a teaching. A teaching setting in yeah famously speech is violence and violence is speech uh but it, it, so to get back to the twilight zone thing though instead of a high school kid saying whoa i saw a nazi flag what, what's going on instead of an adult saying oh no they're teaching a class about that and it's important that we learn about how a society becomes swayed by propaganda blah 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 and reassuring them being an adult being a leader saying no 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 that's appropriate and the child saying oh i get it now you you act like the poor terrorized people in the twilight zone episode and you just agree with them you just pray they don't end your career because we've given children that sort of power it's it's it, well it's beyond the looking glass i mean it's the twilight zone the only thing i can relate it to in history is the cultural revolution in china and the the best book that i ever read that explained what that was like is china dream and it's a novel and it's kind of a it's a novel that jumps around in time and for so it's not for everybody it's literature it's definitely but it, it the way the cultural revolution worked is people would actually check the newspapers or the radio in the morning to see what the rules were today they were changing so fast at the end of it of what was okay and what was not, and you had to be on the right side of it, or you were going to lose your career, or or worse, you could be beaten, but you know, lose your job because no, 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 shirts with those kind of collars, no, no, though, no, that's the sign of the anti-revolutionary. You're counter-revolutionary, right? Um, and or if you dare get wrong, which leader is in and and and, and supported, and which leader has been purged and out. You get that wrong by a day, you get dragged out into the street and beaten. No, those kind Maybe of shoes. To death. The only people that wear those kind of shoes are counter revolutionaries, counter counter revolutionaries, and so you need to you you can't work here anymore. And right. that's that's where you end up. Now it took a long time to get that crazy. The Cultural Revolution it took a long, long time. It lasted through I think sixty six to uh, to when Mao died, uh, seventy four. So as a long period of time, we might be at the very beginning of that sort of crap now. People are losing their jobs over this sort of stuff. Oh, hey, that reminds when me. When you don't know the, the perfect example being the basketball announcer Grant Napier we've talked about so far, he hadn't kept up on what the latest phrases were that you could say and couldn't say, and he said all lives matter. Um, and he lost his job over it, lost his whole career over it. And, you know, if that picks up steam and starts to go faster and faster and faster, where, you know, it's it's like weekly you have to figure out what the phrases are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's freaking frightening, man. He uttered the wrong uh, magical incantation and uh, and was fired for it. Uh, what was I about to say? It seemed important at the time. We'll probably come back to it eventually. Did I mention that the whole thing's available at armstrongandgetty.com, uh, hour three and then on into hour four? Um, I, geez, I, I hope this gets attention nationwide. I wish other people would hear this, not to aggrandize us in any way, but just because it's, it's one of the best examples I've heard of where we are with this craziness. I'm glad she came on. 
I hope nobody's harassing her in any way. No, I no, like... and please don't. No. She's just she's merely a spokesperson for a set of policies she did not make. Correct. <clears throat> but hearing someone say out loud, well, somebody saw it and their feelings were hurt. Whoa. Okay. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to lecture y'all, but also don't troll the administrators. Don't threaten anybody. Don't do anything ugly. Make your ideas better than theirs and express them the best you can. Anywho, I, I I got a bad feeling. <laughs> you should, you should. There are all indications out there that something bad is happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, that's right. That's what I was about to say. I actually have a story of a, a kid. He was a high school kid. He was actually arrested for posting a racist message online. This is in the United States. Clearly disgusting indefensible, idiotic, but covered by the First Amendment. Absolutely. And the local cops cited some 1917 ordinance and actually arrested this kid. That is not good. We are heading towards somewhere we do not want to be. So let's, um, if you're okay with it, finish with something completely different. I've got a new moon for you that you're going to want to check out in the sky. I'm I'm popping in a CD. (laughs) Sean's not into the hot new moon. I always like to know the hot new moon. Uh, you ought to talk about the hot new haircut. Haven't mentioned that for a while. Oh, the wolf cut. Yeah. Please, from Tokyo to Tallahassee, everybody's rocking the wolf cut. More on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We haven't had time to get to some important things for you. So we got the whole the interview with the spokesman for the school and the teacher suspended for having a Nazi flag to teach about symbolism. Anyway, we've got all that stuff at armstrongandgetty.com and the podcast. Tiger King star Jeff Lowe. Remember him? Which one was he? He is the leather jacket Vegas hot stripper dude. Half a dozen kinds of mobster. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like the more normal of the most of the rest of them. That's smartest horse competition there. He was kind of he was like the guy you've run into before. I've known him. I hadn't known any of these other people. Anyway, his uh, his zoo was just raided by authorities who seized sixty eight animals, so I, I call it the Tiger King curse. It just seems like if you're associated with that show, bad things happen to you. <laughs> wow. That and you're a lunatic. Um, also, there is going to be this week a super flower blood moon. The super flower blood moon coming this week. Okay, so flower is the only new descriptor I've heard on a moon. I've heard of super moon. I've heard of blood moons. What is a flower moon? Super blood flower moon? I don't know. I'll look into it. I'll have the information for you. They all look similar. I'll tell you that. Some ancient (laughs) peoples, instead of saying this is the third phase of the what's it call it, gave it colorful, pretty names. Haven't taken in all the moons over during the last couple of years' moon craze. There is a certain sameness to all of them. (laughs) Round and whitish. Round and white, yellowish. Yes. Yes. They all have that. Yes. So the hot cut these days is the wolf cut. They said the hot hairstyle. It's sweeping the nation. If you want to see pictures of what it looks like, go to armstrongandgetty.com under hot links. Long story short, it's kind of a shaggy mullet. There you go. And CNN did a big feature on it. For boys and girls, though. Yes. Men and women. 
And there are various uh, variations on it. Various uh, variations. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry. There are variations, uh, depending on, you know, but it, it mostly looks like Keith Richards or somebody in the Rolling Stones. It's like, it's shorter in front and like on top, but it's kind of shaggy and who cares? I just thought the overblown verbiage was so funny in the CNN article. Reminds, it's sweeping the na- it's sweeping the world. Reminds me in college we used to call hair by Jeep cuz uh <laughs> my buddy Chris and I he had a Jeep and uh like we'd either be swimming or whatever you do and your hair's wet and then you get in the Jeep and drive to class and your hair is all a certain direction because of the Jeep and the wind. Hair by Jeep. So the wolf cut sounds somewhat similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at all the emails responding to our segments about the uh, the insanity in uh, in that high school in California. There's a tsunami of wokeness. Yes, that is yeah. Sam Harris. And man, his podcast on wokeness is so good. But um, I wish it were just this particular school, but it's all across the country. Yeah. Sco- elementary schools, middle schools, high schools and colleges. It, it's a scary, scary thing. And this is not some sort of, you know, paranoid talk radio uh, hyperbole. It's actually scary. Here's a note from Shelby. During my layover this afternoon, Las Vegas airport, I'm doing my best to ignore the unwashed masses, listening to A&G per usual, when an, odd, when an ungodly screeching erupted in the terminal. I turned around to see two middle-aged women engaged in a hair-pulling battle to the death until yeah. flight attendants appeared and pulled them apart. Did they accidentally kiss? Being a 20-something woman, I had to get the scoop, so naturally I made sure I sat right behind one of the women. Let's call her Lady A on the plane. <laughs> okay, so obviously this is Southwest, because she could choose her seat. Uh, I was able Lady to use... A is actually the name of a popular country band. It would come oh, that's right. Yeah, Lady X. Uh, I was able to eavesdrop that Lady X had simply sat down in a seat right next to a stranger, Lady Y, in the terminal, who immediately flew into a fit of rage and masks and hair extensions over the possibility that the poor double-masked Lady X had just infected her with COVID. Oh, boy. She continued to screech about needing an ambulance and a decontamination shower down the hall as security removed wow. her from the premises. That's a lunatic. Uh, also, ma'am, you're about to get on a Southwest flight. You're going to be sandwiched up against some drooling plebeian regardless. Anyway, thought you guys would find this amusing. Plebeian. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do, actually, Shelby. Thanks for the note. That's funny. Hey, kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, beginning with our technical director. He keeps us on the air, Michelangelo. Michael. You know, when I was in high school, I was teased by my PE teacher who smoked in his van. I got mocked by my English teacher, and I got turned down for dates. I got my feelings hurt back then. I get my feelings hurt now. So everybody just grow up. Toughen up. Here, here. Positive Sean's our producer. He has a final thought. Sean? Uh, discomfort is not something to remove. Discomfort is something to overcome. There you go. Well said, sir. Well said. Jack, a final thought for us? What is the way to push back against this new world? I mean, we're doing what we can by exposing it, but I just I feel like it's got the momentum and we're on our heels. How do, There's how do, a tsunami of wokeness. That's what I'm saying, Sam. How do we, how do we switch that around? I just think you need to stand up against it wherever it is the best you can. You know, keep listening to this show if you like. Read James Lindsay's Cynical Theories. Educate yourself about how how twisted and wrong this ideology is, whether you call it critical race theory or wokeness or, or, or what. Uh, the snowflake Nazis. You just, our culture is actually at stake. No doubt. It's for real. 
This isn't like some made-up talk radio stuff. No, no, it's scary, man. And they are indoctrinating the kids as fast as they can, which means the kids are going to be have to talk. We're going to have to talk them off of that at some point in their lives because they will grow up thinking that's normal. If anything upsets me in the least, that makes it evil. Makes you just want to let. Do you allowed five minutes for final thoughts today, Michael? That's a same. Yeah, we kind of sped through it. Okay. Um, it makes you just want to lay on your back and enjoy next week's spectacular super flower blood moon lunar eclipse. <sighs> Hasn't been a flower moon since 2020. <laughs> so it's not even the first, not even the first one this year. Okay, let alone like in a thousand years or something. All right, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Got some great A&G swag for you. Helps to keep everybody on the payroll during these troubled times. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. The whole interview with the uh, spokesman for the school and the conversation surrounding it is worth hearing. It's the end of hour three and a lot of hour four at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Listen up, Jack Wagon. What are you doing? Worst episode ever. That's the fact, Jack. Have you considered being good at your job? I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm rubber and you're glue. Bad names bounce off me and stick to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just complete, utter nonsense. You dare to dance in the path of greatness. It was epic. Oh, Damn. Whap. 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 Whoa. Whoa. Okay. On that high note, thank you all very much.